Katie John, Chapter 9 The Sign of the Black Hand School had started, and Katie liked it so well she didn't mind not going to school in New York, especially she liked her fifth-grade teacher, Miss Howell. Miss Howell was gray and rather old-fashioned, with a sweet motherly face. She believed in memory work to train the children's minds, and every week she had the class learn a poem. Homey old poems like The Village Blacksmith, Under a Spreading Chestnut Tree, The Village Smithy Stands, Katie and the others would chant on Fridays. Also, there were spelling bees, with the teams lined up opposite each other, backs to the blackboard. Katie's heart would pound with excitement at the spell-downs. She'd made friends with several girls in the room, but Sue was still her bosom friend. Closer than ever since their fight, Katie guessed she was pretty lucky, come to think of it, that Sue didn't already have a best friend. Of course, everyone at school liked Sue, but none of the girls lived nearby. Katie and Sue were going to have a Halloween party and invite all the girls in their room. They'd have it at Katie's house because it was so spooky. It's perfect for Halloween, Katie John had explained. We can lead the girls down the dark passage under the back porch and play tricks with the speaking tubes in the walls. Even though it was only early October, Katie and Sue had all their plans and their costumes made for the party. Katie was to be a gypsy and tell fortunes under the green hanging chandelier in her bedroom. Sue had a pretty shepherdess dress, but with the plans settled, the time until Halloween stretched long and empty. Then, one Friday night, Katie saw something in the newspaper that gave her an idea, and the Society of the Sign of the Black Hand was born. Katie could hardly wait to get down to Sue's house Saturday morning to tell her. Just as she dashed out of the house, though, Mother caught her and made her come back to her to do Saturday morning dusting, and Katie hated that job. All these crooks and curves on the chair and table legs, all these little vases and knick-knacks of Aunt Emily's that had to be picked up and being very careful not to break anything. At last, Katie ran down to Sue's house. In the kitchen, she found Sue and her big sister, Janet, arguing furiously. I won't! Sue was almost crying. Oh, yes, you will, young lady, Janet snapped. Mother said so. Janet was in her pajamas, and the table was still covered with breakfast dishes. "'You never do the dishes any more,' Sue cried angrily. "'Look at all those messy eggs. It'll take me all morning to get it off. I won't.' "'Then they'll just sit there,' Janet said, gathering up a bottle of shampoo and a hairbrush. "'Mother said I didn't have to because I've got to wash my hair.' "'Excuses, always big excuses,' Sue shouted after her sister. "'You're such a child. You just don't understand,' Janet called back as she ran upstairs. The bathroom door slammed. Sue slumped down into a chair. "'She thinks she's so important, so great and wonderful,' Sue said bitterly. "'She used to be a pretty good sister, but now that she's in high school, she's just awful.' You're lucky you don't have any sisters, Katie. I guess so, Katie looked up at the ceiling as the sound of the shower water began. But look, Sue, 
I'll help you, and we'll get done fast, because I've got a perfectly marvelous idea. Katie wouldn't tell about it yet, though, she said, and they had to go to the barn behind her house first. The messy egg dishes didn't take all morning, after all, and the girl slipped out without seeing Janet again. The day was sunny and crisp with autumn, but the inside of the old brick barn was dark and chilly. The girls peered into the dusty storage rooms and saw a jumble of old furniture and tools and rakes and rat traps and big chairs made of buffalo horns and trunks and barrels, and all of it's tumbled every which way. It looks as if people just opened the door and threw things in, Katie said. She pulled the buffalo hair chair loose from the clutter and sat down on it. Now then, she said, I'll tell you. We're going to form a secret, mysterious club. This can be our meeting place. Just you and I will belong, and we'll call it the Sign of the Black Hand, okay? She remembered to ask because she'd vowed not to be so bossy with Sue. Wonderful, Sue said, but cautiously. But what? Oh, Sue, it's the most exciting thing. You see, it's real. There really is a secret society called the Black Hand. I read about it in the paper last night. Katie was a little vague about details, but it seemed that a lot of gangsters all over the United States belonged to the secret club and did all sorts of mysterious things and always left a black handprint where they'd been. Or maybe they aren't gangsters, but some strange men. Anyway, this black handprint kept popping up around the country where jewels had been stolen or money had been left in the night on some poor widow's table. It sounds scary, Sue said. What if these men found out and come after us? Oh, they won't, Katie assured her. They're just in big cities. But we're not going to steal anything, Sue asked in alarm. No, silly. We'll do mysterious good deeds. Like what? Well, like we'll teach Janet a good lesson. We'll teach her not to be so mean to you. But first, Katie said, we'll have to form our club properly. I do promise always to be loyal to the members of the Black Hand and never to tell anyone about the secret deeds we do. There now, Katie said. Now you, Sue. She and Sue outlined their hands on the white paper, and they both swore. Now, get Janet, Katie said. Sue hesitated. I don't think she'll come. Tell her we'll show her a tremendous surprise. While Sue was gone, Katie made another black hand print and fastened it to the barn door. Then she rummaged around in the barn until she found an old black velvet piano scarf. She sat down in the buffalo horn chair, threw the black scarf over her head, and waited. Pretty soon she heard Janet and Sue coming, and she sat up straight. "'What is all this kid stuff, anyway?' Janet said, coming to the door. Katie peeked through the fringe of the scarf and saw that Janet had her hair all up. Janet looked as if she was ready to laugh. Janet Hensley, 
"'Thou miserable creature,' Katie said in a loud, booming voice, "'stand silent before the awful court of the sign of the black hand. "'You crazy kids!' Janet giggled. "'Katie ignored her. Janet Hensley. "'On number many times you have made your poor little sister wash the dishes "'when it is not your turn.' Janet glared at Sue, who looked as though she wished she'd never gotten into this. The court of the black hand orders you to wash the dishes more often. Katie went on solemnly. Promise? No! Janet was indignant. I do more housework than she does already. Then the sign of the black hand sentences you. Katie paused to think of something dreadful. You can't make me do anything, Janet said. She gave a nasty laugh. Ha, ha, ha. If you knew how silly you looked under the rag scarf, Katie Tucker. Katie forgot to make her voice slow and booming. All right for you, Janet Hensley. From now on, the black hand will, will haunt you. She had an inspiration. We'll tell you the honest-to-goodness truth about all your worst faults. Janet stopped, disconcerted. Then she gave that laugh again. <laughs> so what? I already know them. Go play, children. And she left. Katie John tore off the black scarf and threw it on the floor. Oh, she makes me mad. See what I mean about big sisters? Sue said. The worst is we can't do anything to her. Oh, yes, we can. We'll fix Miss Janet Hensley. All right, Katie said grimly. We'll do just what I said. The two girls put their heads together over the faults of Janet Hensley, and her younger sister knew them right well. Plotting and giggling, the awful members of the Black Hand laid their plans. They proceeded to the home of the Black Hand chief and placed a telephone call. In preparation, the chief placed a marble in her mouth and covered the telephone mouthpiece with a handkerchief. "'May I speak to Janet?' the muffled voice of the chief asked. "'This is she, who, if you can answer these questions correctly, "'you will win a fabulous prize. Ready?' "'Yes.' "'Why don't you clean out the hair from the washbowl when you wash your hair?' "'What? Oh, get off this phone, Katie John Tucker.' "'Sorry you have the lost the prize.' This is the free advice service of the Black Hand Society. Goodbye. The conspirators then printed on a piece of paper. You have a pretty face, but your nose is a shade too long. A black hand was drawn under the words. The society members stole into the Hainsley house and placed the note in Janet's library book. Seeing Janet in the kitchen putting cookie sheets into the oven, they advised her, you make wonderful peanut butter cookies, Janet. Too bad that's all you can cook. The members of the Black Hand then decided to let matters rest for a while, giving Janet a chance to worry about when they'd strike next. When Sue came after Katie that afternoon, she reported that Janet had gone to her room to read and came right back out again. She hadn't said a word all through lunch. Now Janet was about to go down to the drug store to meet some friends for a Coke. Good. We'll go too, said Katie. She and Sue pinned their black hands in their blouses. 
Are we going to say things in front of friends, she worried. I mean, that wouldn't be very nice. Is Janet nice to you, Katie demanded. No, not lately. All right, but let's not be too mean. Just mean enough, Katie promised. They waited outside the Hensley house until Janet came out and walked down the sidewalk a few steps behind her. Janet turned around. You brats, quit tagging me. Why, we're just walking down the street, Katie, John said sweetly. The procession went on. Janet pretended they weren't there. At the drug store, she met Carolyn and another girl. With much chatter and commotion, they swept through the store, back to the booths. James' drug store was for teenagers. They loved to hang out there. But Katie and Sue slipped into the booth behind Janet. They heard Janet tell her friend, Don't pay any attention to these children. That Katie Tucker's awful influence on Sue. Katie and Sue ordered root beer floats. We'll have to start collecting club dues to pay for business expenses like these, Katie whispered. Raising her voice, she said, The Society of the Black Hand could give your sister a lot of good advice if she'd just take it. Leaning forward, she called, For instance, Janet, your telephone voice. Janet talked loudly about the dance that night. No, you shouldn't listen, Janet. You have a very pleasant telephone voice, Katie continued. The only trouble is, when you talk, then you get a sort of little girl whine. I wonder if it's an effect, as you think. Carolyn and the other girls giggled, and Janet slowly turned a deep pink. However, she spoke with control and dignity. I do not care to discuss my voice with you, Miss Tucker, but for your information... I do very well on the telephone. Well, Katie pinched her voice to pierce. It's a shame your mother can't do something about Janet, like making her mend things more often. To see Janet all dressed up, you'd never know that underneath all her clothes are held together with safety pins. She's got so many pins in her slip that... You'd think she would poke herself. During these speeches, conversation had come to a halt. In the next booth, now Janet's friends let out screams of laughter. I'm sorry, Janet, Carolyn gasped, but really. Janet half rose from her seat and spit out. If you don't go home right now, I'll, I'll. Katie and Sue scrambled out of their booth. Why, Janet, we're just leaving, Katie smiled. It's just too bad you won't take advice from the black hand. She unpinned the black paper hand from her blouse and tossed it down by Janet's coke. Because we have such a lot of it. Yes, Sue said primly, soothing, smoothing her skirts. After they'd marched out of the drugstore, though, Sue sighed. I don't think it did a bit of good, Katie. Now she's so mad she'll just treat me worse. Wait and see if she does the dishes tonight, Katie advised. They left Janet alone for the rest of the day. After supper, Katie went down to Sue's house to find out if the black hand had reformed Janet. However, she waited on the porch for Sue. The night air was soft with Indian summer, and there was a gorgeous yellow harvest moon. Besides, Mrs. Hainsley 
just might be mad if Janet had told her. Maybe they had been too rough on Janet, at least the part at the drug store. Sue shook her head mournfully when she came out. I did them again, mother told me to, because Janet was to get ready for her party. And Janet won't even speak to me. Katie's wavering resolution was immediately strengthened. Then she hasn't had enough. Come on. No, Katie, I don't want to do it any more. Fellow member of the Black Hand, Katie said, we are in this together, and we mustn't quit now. We mustn't fail on our very first deed. Sue sighed, but followed Katie around the house to the ground floor window of the bathroom that she and her sister shared. The girl's slip was on the bed, and there were no safety pins on it now. And there, and Janet looked so different. Somehow, Katie forgot why she was there while she watched her getting ready for the, for the party. She put on her makeup and her perfume, fluffed her dress. There were her spiky shoes. There were her beaded evening purse on the bed. In the soft pink light of the bed lamp, the room glowed like a jewel case, and Janet was the jewel. Janet was fluffing up her dress now, and Mrs. Hainsley came in. Janet caught sight of the girls at the window and cried, Mother, make those kids go away. She didn't seem to have told her mother what Katie and Sue had been doing, maybe because she was in such a tizzy about her party. Sue had said earlier that she believed Janet was secretly scared to be going out to a party by herself. Run along, girls, Mrs. Hainsley murmured, hooking the back of Janet's dress. Katie sighed without knowing it. Out there in the dark, looking into the lighted room, it was like watching a play, seeing the first steps of being a woman. Slowly she stepped back and watched from the shadows. Sue joggled her eye elbow to remind her of their purpose, but Katie shook her head, eyes fixed on the girls inside. Now Janet was poking at her hair nervously. It was pulled up with an elaborate arrangement of curls, water falling down the back. Oh, mother, she wailed. I won't go, it won't go right. It looks terrible. No, it's beautiful. You look lovely. Janet whirled her face angrily, as if she'd been expecting more advice from Katie. Then she realized what Katie had said. Her face softened in surprise. She didn't speak, however, but turned back to the finishing touches of her dressing. A car had driven up, and Janet ran out to meet her friends. Janet came out the door laughing, and she saw Katie standing at the edge of the walk. Katie, that was sweet of you, she smiled slightly. She touched Katie's arm. Thanks. Thanks for the honest-to-goodness truth. She swept out into the car. The door slammed, and the car roared away. Katie turned and saw Sue, still staring at her. Well, it was the truth, she muttered. You know, she added thoughtfully, I'll bet Janet does the dishes for you tomorrow.'